Hey everybody and welcome to a tactical wild ride with Stevo. We're going full anti-terrorism this week with a decorated military hero, uh, a sniper guy who's very candid about having deaded a bunch of people. That's right, it's Tim Kennedy. You don't get more candid. I mean, the guy invited Al-Qaeda, ISIS, like, to come try to kill him at his house and announced his home address on Fox News. That's how crazy this guy is. And, man, I feel good about this episode. I feel good in general because I'm sitting here pushing 50 years old and straight kicking butt on my skateboard. Now, how is that even possible? Well, for starters... I take care of myself and my diet. I plug in the gaps in my diet by using AG1 from Athletic Greens. Now, what is that? It is the most comprehensive, convenient, daily nutrition that you can get. It's loaded with 75 different uh, whole food sourced superfoods, vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, probiotics. I mean, it's all loaded into this green powder, which is absolutely delicious. I start my mornings with it, dump it into a pint of water to hydrate myself, and any gaps in my diet are filled for the day. Plus, it helps with my gut health, with my brain health. That's right. And you can get a killer deal if you go to athleticgreens.com slash stevo. What's the deal? They're going to give you five free comprehensive daily nutrition travel packs plus an entire year's supply of immune boosting vitamin D with your first order. I mean, I use it all the time. I love it. I'm super healthy and you should be too. So get over to athleticgreens.com slash Devo for that killer deal with the five travel packs, the year's supply of vitamin D. It's killer. Now, let's get into it. They're just going to bring out a couple of coffees. All right. Um, should we wait for that? or no, fuck no, let's go. Oh, dude. All right, dude. You're in Texas. Coffee? Yeah. This is just it. It's, it's part of life. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Kennedy. Uh, I want like Rambo music to play when somebody says my name. <laughs> yeah, dude. But then they actually meet me and like, oh, it's so underwhelming. That it makes perfect no. sense that you should have Rambo music. <laughs> you're, you're, you are like a real life Rambo. Um, and you remember Scott Randolph? You, Gorgeous you, as ever. You know, you you know. Do you remember at the uh, Paramount Theater in Austin when we did the show? Yeah, post traumatic stress still from that. Yeah, and then <laughs> I thought I killed you. Well, <laughs> Steve, we, before Steve walked out on stage, he was like. Drop make, me. Make sure he drops me on my head, and then he walks out. <laughs> and then I went back and told you, and you're like. All right. And so yeah. you see on the footage, you dropped him on his head. I did. But I mean, I was like, is he dead? Is he dead? And I've, I've deaded was, some people. And I was, I was worried for a moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I feel like, uh, man, I feel like there was some situation, not with you, but with, uh, like some person who's in a military situation. It's basically not cool to ask someone about killing people, right? Generally, it's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> but I, I always, I also think that people like, oh man, it's not cool to like, you know, ask that. It's because you've never actually done none of it. Right. You know, on the flip side, 
dudes like that you just met in that office, we've been at war for we were at war for 21 years, and uh, everybody that you just met in there was at was in the war for 20 some odd years. Mm -hmm. And if you're a special forces sniper or you're a SEAL or you're in Delta Force and and you haven't like deaded some people, like maybe you're really bad at your job. And uh, and, and if if you're also like touchy about talking about it, maybe maybe there's something wrong with you, not the work. So you you processed it all afterwards in therapy? Um, Well, I mean, like in life. And I didn't have in MM, you processed it all in MMA. Yeah, reading. like I got a great family, I got great friends, you know. Yeah. So like, definitely processed, definitely like talked, and you know, I'm still in the business. So like, like yeah, I just yeah. got back from overseas a couple of days ago and went straight into hunting and got back from hunting. Those pictures I sent you yeah. as I was driving back, dude, epic. Like, I'm so tired. Um, and you are active military as we speak. Mm-hmm. And, well, right uh, now I'm on your awesome couch in this cool van. <laughs> this is a great van. Yeah, thanks, man. It's a it's a fun gimmick, dude. We uh, we do very well bringing the studio to the guest. Is this, to make is it, this a yak? That no. is uh, as fake. fake as could be. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I want to say that like I, I I'm an outspoken animal guy. I love animals. Me too. I super respect the hunting. I want to say that real, on the record. Real real hunting. Yeah. Yeah, because there's some people that do some wacko stuff that's, they're not real hunters and we hate them and we eat them for lunch. But I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I mean, like the, like uh, trophy hunting, I think is whack. I don't respect that. I hate it. Uh, you know, but like h- hunting for food, yeah. it makes all the sense in the world to me. And um, I-, I believe that. that it should be like a custom of our society that if you're going to eat meat, you have to become licensed to eat meat. And to get that license, you should have to kill an animal. Oh, that's heavy. Um, I love this idea. I, uh, I love people having to experience with a degree of responsibility freedoms. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, even though I'm like pretty anti any form of regulation and anything, I'm like a super freedom first sovereignty, like I'm like total freedom. I'll bake you a a cake full of weed for my gay neighbor. You know, like don't <laughs> don't care, do whatever you want as long as I get to be free. Um, you know, but with that, there has to be a degree of individual responsibility sure. where somebody appreciates the value of this freedom. You know, and like hunt hunting's a perfect example of it where. Do you understand the conservation side of why we hunt, where we hunt, when we hunt, how the seasons work, how we cull herds, how we make sure they're genetically natural? Because we've, we have humans have messed up things, the, right. the natural ecosystems that, you know, the predators that would keep herds down to a normal manageable, like even deer to a normal manageable um, population. Now they're starving and they have diseases because those predators we've eradicated because we're humans and we're like locusts and we just keep spreading. So we have to then inject ourselves into these ecosystems to make sure they stay, stay healthy. And like, um, I want people to understand that, but they don't, you know, there's like, oh, just, you know, punch my ticket all, you know, I was like, can, yeah. can you help me understand? Like when somebody, I know there's a couple instances in, in Africa where like, you know, somebody goes giraffe hunting or they, they kill a giraffe, but that giraffe has been causing problems on the village. They have to spend a lot of money to get the license to kill the giraffe. Yep. And then the vast majority of that money goes back to the area where that animal came from and preserving the little bits of 
actual area where those animals could naturally exist. So we'll, we'll use um, bear, for example, in New Mexico. If you want to get a bear tag in New Mexico and you're going to go shoot a bear, um, like, well, that's a bear tag, that's a tag. like a, 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 license. a permit license yeah. to kill a bear. Yeah, that's right. Okay. They look at an area, they calculate the number of bear that live in that area. And then they, then they look at the amount of food that's available in that area for that number of bear. If there's enough food to keep 20 bear alive, healthy, that, the extra numbers of bear are the numbers of tags that they're going to generate. Let's say there's 28 bear. So you're going to have eight tags that are going to be generated off of that area, off mm-hmm. of that lot. If they don't generate those tags, not some of those bear will die. A lot of those bear will die in a, a very unhealthy way. They'll come down in to find food in garbage cans. They'll get hit in the street. Um, they'll starve to death. They'll have diseases. Um, but the gener- the money that's generated off of the sale of those tags goes back to pay for the lands that those animals normally exist on. Mm-hmm. So just in this one tiny little example of one, we're doing great conservation of paying for the land and paying for the actual um, environments, what, what ducks, the wet, wetland preservation or New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, Montana, Africa, all of those instances are like the money that is generated directly goes back to these communities sure. or back to these places, these habitats that these things exist. And then we're also taking care of the animals. But that's good hunting. Then there's yeah. like the assholes that always, and there's always assholes that give everything a bad name, you know, posing with something. And there's like, is uh, it's embarrassing. The, the assholes are they universally breaking the law being assholes? Like, are the laws sort of structured to make hunting good hunting? Or is yeah. there, like, legal asshole hunting? No, they're, they're, you have to work to be a legal asshole hunter. Okay. Um, or you have to be really rich. Okay. Uh, you mean, like, shooting uh, animals from a helicopter? No, but what even, do you think about that? It depends on where you're like here in Texas, we, we have an oh, invasive Havelina or the Havelina South Texas and, and Havelina is protected. But boar, there's too many. So that's okay. Yeah. Boar is a totally different thing. Havelina is actually like a rat. People think they're pigs, but they're not. They're, they're like, they're more like a muskrat than they are a pig. Yeah. It's weird. But the pigs here 10 years ago, there, there was less than a hundred, uh, less than a hundred. Anyways, the population now, 25% of all agriculture in the state of Texas is destroyed by feral pigs. And the, the, they, the sows start having litters as, I mean, they're, they're less than a year old and they can have two, three litters a year and they could have nine to 20 piglets per litter. Hmm. So like these things are just fucking like pigs. Oh yeah. Just like <laughs> babies everywhere. <laughs> you can blow them up. You can shoot them from helicopters. You can shoot them with machine guns. You know, you can hunt them year round. They're non indigenous. So there's no permit necessary. And we did, we like dent the population and we and we positively make effect, but they are so invasive that they're killing everything. Just like the Burmese pythons in Florida. They're not from there. Oh my God. Florida's got all kinds of invasive shit with the, the lizards, yeah. the, the, the iguanas. The iguanas killing everything. Super invasive. Eating babies. Ducks. Eating babies. Yeah, they eat baby ducks. Oh, are they baby humans? No, no, no. Is, the, it, is it geese or ducks that are, that all, are all like little t- birds. taking over Florida invasive ducks? Huh. Yeah. The, those things dude it's yeah. crazy yeah we mess things up we, we bring things to where they're not supposed to be and there's no natural predators for those things to be there and then they just like blow up so then we have to i mean like covina okay um you've been to the island 
I'm not familiar with Co- I thought you were saying West Was Covina. West Covina in LA. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Shout out Catalina. 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 There you go. Buffalo. There you go. Catalina. They have Buffalo. They there. do have Buffalo. Yeah. Did they get? Did they? Were they there? No. 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 Did, did we? Were there pigs on Catalina? No. No. But R- we got, Wrigley brought them over. We bought them over there. Yeah. And they started destroying everything. Then they hired people like me to come over and hunt them mm-hmm. from helicopters. Yeah. You know, so like there are times where it's it's fine and important. Like we've we've darted buffalo and and wolves. You know, when we reduced wolves back in Yellowstone, um, like we did it. And have you ever seen the documentary? Dude, what what happened to Yellowstone once they brought back wolves yeah, was like, like the most incredible thing I've rivers ever. Rivers started yeah. um changing direction because beavers started coming back yeah. and or the beaver population started being controlled. It was just like by the introduction of an animal that should have been there, but then we messed it up and then they killed him, then they came back. Have you seen that documentary? It was like nature. it's like eight minutes on YouTube, like what happened to Yellowstone when the wolves came back. I I'm not aware of that at Dude, it's all. amazing. I got the chills yeah. just talking about it. They literally changed directions of rivers by introducing an animal that used to exist there, but then we messed it up and then we reintroduced the animal. It brought order to like the whole so deal. The, so does that count as a regenerative farming? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, it's it's crazy. I um, am. I like fat. having you in Texas. Thanks, bro. I like this. I, I'm I'm stoked to be here. Um, I, I'm fascinated with like what I perceive to be a very vulnerable and and precarious society, like increasingly so, like the 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 dollar, like the 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 debt. Like the American government seems to be such a Ponzi scheme of just debt and yeah. and it's all so unsustainable and it's all around the world. And I feel like we're just at the like the cusp of some imminent gnarly collapse. We just hit eight billion people yesterday. But sure. Yeah. The and, and the thirty one trillion dollars in debt does not count unfunded liabilities like social security and medit and yeah. Medicare. The House like, of Cards is built pretty high right now. It's the House of Cards is built extremely high. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to imagine in the case of the inevitable collapse, it's really just like a, a matter of when. Like does does martial law become a thing? And is there like training going on in the military <laughs> for <laughs> who, do you, who do you work for? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like uh, they like you hear crazy theories, like uh, or 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 rumors of like you know what do you, what do you call them like prison camps that are like being built for like this type of uh, eventuality. Yeah, um, I, I believe, like you, that a, a reset is coming. Um, I don't know. I, I think we got to see how fractured and fragile society it is um, during COVID and during civil unrest, like the Antifa yeah. BLM. Those things were happening concurrently, right? Um, or, or towards the end of Trump's um, presidency. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we saw cities burning. We, yeah. we saw um, riots. We, we saw... Um, you know, horrible things that you'd never imagine happening in the United States happening. And most, most experts think that three meals, people missing three consecutive meals is how much it takes for anarchy and chaos to really come over, you know, take over where neighbors are doing gross things to neighbors to try and put food on their table. You know, if, if you remember, 
it was it was only two years ago that there were food lines out in front of supermarkets where you would have to wait your turn to go back in to get the allocated amount of food during COVID that you were allowed to get. You know, like only two things of toilet paper. Ah, everybody remembers the days of brawls going down in supermarkets over rolls of toilet paper because everybody loves to take a good, mean dump. Now, this episode, is, of course, comes out on Thanksgiving. You know the day after Thanksgiving? It's called Brown Friday. You know why it's called Brown Friday? Because it's the plumber's most busy day of the year because people are taking huge dumps of that big Thanksgiving meal. And I'll tell you, when you take a dump, you want to take a complete dump. And in order to do that, you need Squatty Potty. It's a killer little stool that fits around the base of your toilet. By putting your feet on it while you take a dump, you put your body into a crouching position, which it was intended by Mother Nature to be in for dumps. I mean, Mother Nature didn't have toilets that we sit on. We're in the wrong position to be taking a dump when we're sitting on the toilet. And I've firmly believed in this product since years before I ever got into business with this company. I've been using Squatty Potty for almost an entire decade, and I feel so good about it, man. It just helps you take a more complete dump. It keeps you healthier. And I mean, not using Squatty Potty, I think is a health risk. So get one of these cool Squatty Potties for your toilet and get 20% off your order by going to squattypotty.com slash Stevo. Again, that's 20% off your order at squattypotty.com slash Stevo. Now, let's talk a little bit more about those pandemic restrictions. Only two gallons of water, only one thing of oatmeal. You know, you could take no more than um, four pounds here in Texas. Like they had very strict. This is like what you're allowed to do. Um, We also had a, we think we called it snowpocalypse here. We had a cold front come in and it was like two weeks of snow. The state is built. Was that when Ted Cruz went down to Cancun? That's the one. Yeah. 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 That's a couple years ago. So because of the, the, Cold front came in, and the electrical power grid could not withstand the the heating. Yep, phased blackouts, and uh, while COVID is happening, while people are still like freaking out and rioting, um, it people were freaked, scared, you know, and um, everything was still fine. But nothing right. actually had gone wrong yet, right? And <clears throat> so we are. Very, very, very in a precarious place of truly things going bad. Right. So, uh, yes, people are doing training. Um, we do training. That's We have tons of, we have provider courses, protector courses, um, you know, situation awareness courses that are all civilian facing. And then we have a military law enforcement wing where we train departments on how to respond and react to a lot of those things. Um, but then on like the national level, there are total, there are absolutely exercises that are going on, um, training around this stuff. If there is an apocalypse or uh, a reset, what are like the top three things that you're glad you have? You have, you want a generator, you want a food supply and you want a gun. Those are good. Anything else in water? I mean, mean, like if if we went down this prepper, cause I'm like prepper, prepper? I'm prepper. No, yeah. No shit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
tribe, community, family, friends. It's it's um it's really easy to be like I got my go bag, I got my gun, you know, I got my water purifier, you know, I have a generator, you know, and um, cool. That stuff's gonna last like a week. Um, when it really comes to longevity, it, it takes it takes a community. Mm. You know, it takes um, trusted allies. Um, like if you think Hunger Games, like it you really have to have a group, a connected group that are, that had share, that have shared values, that have shared vision and, um, will be able to collectively fight and stay together. Yeah. Um, can share food. So obviously as a hunter with my mini freezers that have redundant power sources, um, I'm going to have What's a redundant power source. This so, just keeps, it will never run out of whatever, because that's right. it just keeps going on. I don't know yeah. how the engineering is behind that, but it's, it's really easy engineering. <laughs> It's yeah. easy. It is. It's not, it's not hard. So like, um, if the pallets, the power grid crashes, right. Okay. There is one form of initial energy, like power battery systems that are powered by solar. But let's say you're in the middle of snow apocalypse and there's not enough sun to charge the batteries that keep the life supporting things going. Then we also have generators like whole house generators that run uh, off propane and diesel. And then you have some that are on natural gas. So when I say redundant, I mean redundant. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we'll have enough meat forever and um yeah but like i need veggies and i need fruits but i'm not really a farmer so back to the community and tribe i have tons of friends in my like click to trade that will trade yeah that will like barter and be like cool here's an elk backstrap can i have you know some artichokes and some zucchini it'd be great yeah so, so what uh size of a of a community like this do you think it takes no, 20, 30? 20, 30. Okay. Takes a village. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, pre- pre- prepping. It's it's gnarly. Yeah. Um, but people thought I was insane three years ago. In 2019. That's right. Yeah. And then, you know, like, we're <laughs> our courses are sold out for a year and a half. Like, I can't hire people enough, fast enough that are qualified enough to train the number of people that are asking all of the things that I was screaming from the rooftops three and a half years ago, you know, like, and the, and the reset hasn't even happened yet. Like that was just a little taste of like, here's something that barely kills anybody, but gets you kind of, kind of a little bitty sick. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's wild that, uh, the, the, three years you know like three years ago people weren't hip to this you yeah. know like a long you got into it a little while ago i i got into it in 2010 2011 what you read something or you my read- dad was telling me that the the dollar is gonna collapse you know like buy gold don't uh you know, don't don't buy a house because uh, you know, like a house in America is going to be like a a uh, cabin on a sinking ship or something. Like now, I don't think that America. My dad would 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 have everybody believe that America is in a much worse position should the dollar collapse. But I just think that the whole world is so joined at the hip. It's yeah. like yeah. I, have, I have a Canadian passport, so like. Uh, you know, I've thought about. about oh, don't go there. Yeah, that's, that's not going to be any better. Yeah, I don't think. I don't know that it's going to. Trudeau's going to going to give you freedom. <laughs> yeah, but but I I think about it a lot, just in in general, 
And um, we like the the writing was on the wall a long time before COVID, and then like that we really sped up the process yeah. with COVID with yeah. the, the money printing and yeah. and then now with the the hiking up the interest rates to try to combat the inflation. It, it feels like we're, all we're getting is stagflation now. Yeah. Right. Meaning that, like, inflation's out of control and nobody has any money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the, I, this Q4 of of 2022, retail wise, I think it's going to be a really great indicator for people uh, to recognize how dangerous financially a lot of people are. The, there's a lot of debt that was carried over from COVID when people were out of work or. Um, you know, they're getting locked out of their apartments. The property owner couldn't kick them out yet right. because um, they're frozen uh, and they weren't allowed <coughs> to kick anyone out. Right. But that property owner now has seven properties and six of those people haven't paid. So like that property owner is now in bankruptcy with the bank, with the bank. Like all of that's going to be cascading. And, uh-huh. uh, well, you saw Amazon, Meta and Google, they're laying off tens of thousands of people. Twitter fired 3000. Like there's like 35,000 jobs right, but- as of today done. Yeah. Yeah. And, right and, after and the wait, midterms, wait. by the way. And gas just went down. No, gas just went up. What? But it's like two bucks here. Yeah, you're in Texas. Yeah, it's like five or six in California. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're in Texas. That's all taxes. That's California taxes. Jesus. Meanwhile, the the price of of oil is has, 88 bucks a barrel. It's, yeah. like, it's like the lowest it's, it's been. No, there's no, there's not the no. lowest it's been. It was way lower in the pandemic because nobody was driving during, oh. during the Trump era. It was half what it is right now for oh 40 yeah, yeah yeah that's i mean typically like historically oil is about 100 bucks a barrel you know so there's no fucking reason why gas should be so expensive no it's crazy this is uh are you in the are you with the theory that uh oil is never ending and it's always regenerating yeah. and, and they just have this the the scarcity tactic of like it's running Diamonds. out it's just always going to regenerate itself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like we're not all of the stuff that that is in the center of the earth came from the earth. So you know, it's like, just always going to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and, and finding more of it. And we're getting better at finding it. And Right. With the fracking and the, the sands. Yeah. And, and you are in a very energy rich state. So when you start talking oil and natural gas here in Texas, people are like, you know, they get really it's a huge industry here and um they they, they get angry you know with the passionate pa- passionate good word um about how ignorant the rest of the country is about it mm. um the uh i mean the the fact of of oil this is black rifle coffee <laughs> well, it's really good i really like it Oil, like the what, what America tastes like oil, consumes like two million barrels more oil every day than than it produces. Is that what it? So there's like a net negative. But we we can produce as much as we want, but we don't because of the Keystone Pipeline. A variety of reasons. Um, that being one of them, uh, that where we're allowed to drill, where we're allowed to have pipes, um, but production and storage are um, federally controlled, and that that ebbs that ebb and flow happens with every administration. And right now, it's very constricted. And then during the Trump era, it was it was very not even very loose. It was loose. Um, so it's like it's always 
currently we're in a delta where we're using reserves or we're buying it from foreign. Um, but we absolutely have the ability to be totally energy independent. That would that would be good. No, like we if we could do it like that, and you, we're energy independent. You mean America just relies on itself for whatever yep. it needs, all yeah. the resources, so, all resources, energy wise. So, so what what's the the holdup? Why wouldn't we? I mean, do that, it? bureaucracy. That's, that's voter problems. Voter problems. Yeah. Huh? Why? The um, talk talking points of like the Green New Deal or how what kind of energy re, renew, renewable energies we're supposed to be having. Um, and all of that is the biggest scam of the, like anybody with any understanding of ec, and, uh, economics and math that looks at any form of renewable energy. And it's like, wait, how's it takes how much materials to make one wind turbine and that wind turbine makes how much power and that power is then stored in how many lithium batteries and those lithium battery batteries take how much material so like the carbon of this compared to the carbon well that doesn't make sense okay we'll move to another one let's go to solar solar okay so to make a solar panel we're going to find these materials and we're going to buy it from this place and then ship it from there to here we're going to manufacture it in this other country and then ship it from there to here and then we're going to make all of that energy and then we're also going to need the batteries and to buy those lithium we have to buy that lithium it's only in a few so different you're places saying that renewable energy is it's not, a scam okay it's a scam like go nuclear if you really care or just realize that we have enough energy with true and energy independence here i mean there is like for all the people talking about how great electric cars are yeah, like you're the, running on coal, brother. Like, I love your electric energy, your your electric vehicle. I have a Tesla. Yeah, cool. You charge <laughs> you charge it with coal, or you car charge it with any other fossil fuel. So my carbon footprint is actually not doing pretty good since I no. bought a Tesla. No, because I guess that once the battery dies out, they got to bury it and never like you know biodegrades right. into the ground, so it's there forever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how lithium biodegrades. <laughs> yeah. probably not pretty no, good no but like uh man there's amazing um joe rogan had him on their podcast this brilliant um um it, she 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 perf or he wrote a book on all he did was compare for an individual all forms for a human to live of energy and the most efficient, the like the least amount of waste with the least um, lowest amount of carbon was nuclear by this crazy margin. I mean, we're talking like a couple of tablespoons, but uh -huh. and but there's a visual rep representation, and on the farthest farthest furthest end of the spectrum was renewable energies, like the wow. amount of crap for yeah. renewable energies. And, uh, and it becomes obsolete so fast and then it's all trash. And yeah, as a dude that like spends lots of time in third world countries and which are the second and third markets for used renewable energies. So all the solar panels that are on every house in America right now that have their 20 year lifespan, when those get pulled off, those get sh shipped to Africa and they exist for another five or 10 years. Mm. And then you, but they, they try to use them for five or 10 years, but marginally effective. Then they just end up in Africa you know it's like the it's the garbage disposal for the rest of first world countries kind of like uh, Michigan is the garbage disposal for Canada <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ouch. Like Canada pays Michigan to, to deliver or to take their trash really 
Yeah, I think uh, like that. That's like I want, I want to say Michigan's biggest industry. Trash. So, yeah. That's sad. How many countries have you been to? Do you oh. know that number? I have like eight or nine stamped out passports. Yeah, because Steve and I like to keep track. I'm at 50, he's at 55, oh, but I'm wondering. I, I think I'm at 58. He's I like, I can only you're... talk about the 50. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, wait, oh, like on Africa, I, I was with my kids just a couple of days ago. I was pointing at like the one or two countries I hadn't been to. Wow. You know, and like the whole continent. And then in Europe, um, I don't think, I mean, Russia is the only one. Really? Yeah, you've never been to Russia, huh? Yeah, I'm. Can't go there. You can't go there, <laughs> dude. No, you'll go to jail faster than Brittany yeah. Granger. Yeah, she had a vape pen. Yeah. You know that? <laughs> hey, so this special forces dude just landed in Moscow. Yay! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> da, Jason. Da. Jason Bourne just landed. Oh, right, man. Could you imagine? <laughs> <sighs> that'd be, that'd right, be but right. that that hasn't stopped you from going to the Middle East. Um, so and, and yeah, but he's like probably camouflaged in the yeah. heat of the night, yeah, dressing yeah, up not, like a tree for three weeks. He's not coming through the airport with his passport, yeah. right? <laughs> he's not Argo, fucking, you know, going through trying to get people out like that. No, what? Uh, yeah, that was the. I remember the last thing that really, you know, like the TMZ and Tim Kennedy and and he like they're gonna. You know they're they're gonna come after him. The, the ISIS. And oh yeah, that. that was a while ago. It was. It was. It was yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah. I, ISIS was here in Texas when I when I when I first moved here. Um, they were like actively recruiting for a couple of years to try and find an ISIS radical operative to find out where I lived to wow. attack me and my family. So the FBI shows up at my door. Well, they called me first, and they're like, "Hey." Uh, like we have credible information that ISIS is trying to recruit locally somebody to come and kill you. Can you imagine finding out that ISIS is trying to send someone to your house to kill you? Let that sink in and imagine how well you would sleep that night. Well, now imagine that you're sleeping on a mattress from helixsleep.com. Sleeping just got a lot easier. Why? Because when you go to helixsleep.com, you take this fun, super fast little quiz, which matches you up to the perfect mattress for you and or your partner, and boom, you're set up with the most comfortable, most effective, best rest mattress that you can get and if you go to helixsleep.com slash stevo you get up to two hundred dollars off all mattresses plus two free pillows when you get one man oh by the way that is only for the listeners of the wild ride podcast man i love helix I love their mattresses, I love their pillows, and I love you guys. So let's all come together and get that disgusting mattress out and that killer, perfect new mattress from helixsleep.com in. So one more time, for up to $200 off of any mattress plus two free pillows, it's helixsleep.com slash stevo. Now, let's talk about these guys trying to kill Tim. 
this is awesome. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> no, it's like, I've been waiting for this. this. Is, seriously, like, I have to fly so many cr- terrible places to find Jesus. these people, and you're telling me that they're going to come to Texas? Yeah, like, I couldn't have been more ecstatic. And, um, and they're like, I'm sorry, you don't understand. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. It's fine. Everything's fantastic. And the guy's like, okay, we're going to come talk to you. So whatever, like, the field chief, the the station chief, like the boss here came over with, um, one of their agents and like, you know, hello, Mr. Kennedy. I was like, yes, this is great. Fantastic. They're like, well, please don't do anything rash. So I called my friends at Fox news and I went on Fox news and I told my ad address live on live television. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I live at 9,500 Cedar Crest drive, Austin, Texas, you know, um, <laughs> send whoever you want just know that you're never going to get them back. You know, like that's it. And like I said that live <laughs> oh on television God, dude. and uh, my wife left me um, for a moment. But, really? Uh, yeah. She was so mad at me. But I mean, she's been around long enough to know what she signed up for. Like I had just gotten back from Iraq where we had killed the number two bad dude on the planet. Yeah. The number one bad guy in the whole entire country is our Cowie. And, um, and she like married me right after that. So, Dude, that's what I've been dying to ask you is, uh, I know you did, you did something about, um, being tortured and like waterboarding just to show like, those are different things. What? Where you said you did this thing about being tortured and waterboarding, but you like colluded those two. Yeah. Those are different things. Yeah. Waterboarding is not tortured. Yeah. That's literally what I was showing. Yeah, yeah. Water, waterboard. Because I always wanted to film a video with Steve, like going through like different like he would torture. Be bored. He would be bored if you waterboarded him. He'd be like, "Then why do people like I'm barely cap un- out? I'm barely uncomfortable." It, it uh, it's kind of pussy shit. It, yeah, I mean, it is. It's not. I'm not gonna say that it wouldn't be uncomfortable, but I just don't think it's visually like impressive or shocking to. to it's look it at. is uncomfortable. Yeah. But you are very familiar with it, discomfort. Yeah, it's kind of like being, it's like jumping into water and you don't flush. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is not a thing. It, um, I mean, I, I, was, I was waterboarded, I, you know, like there's really strict guidelines as to what you're allowed to do when you're waterboarding. Um, in this, this is the rules of engage, like the rules of what, like war when you Guantanamo. capture somebody? No, so all forms of enhanced interrogation and that's what waterboarding was. Um, and they don't do it anymore. So there's, there's a bunch of enhanced interrogation techniques, but techniques, there's a really clear SOPs. Like this is how you do it. This is how it's safe to do it. So you don't drown somebody or hurt somebody. And there's also useful information. So real information is something that's dependable, reliable, and usable. Um, if you're pulling somebody's fingernails out and drilling their hands, you know, uh, is that enhanced interrogation? That is not, that's torture. Okay. And there's no information there because there, that person would say anything to get out of this, un, to get out of torture. Oh, you know, like right. my mom's a goose. The sky is purple. You're right. My mom, yeah, yeah my mom's a goose and yeah. the sky is purple, you know, like <laughs> yeah. whatever. So it, th- that, the, that's the fine balance of <clears throat> in enhanced interrogation, finding truth. And, but goal is to put somebody under a really serious external stressors that are constant so that you can decipher truth from fallacy. And if you don't have a status, if you don't have a baseline, there's no way that you'd ever be able to gauge truthfulness from a lie. What about a lie detector test? Um, that isn't always helpful. 
And when you are trying, so like yes, no questions, lie detector tests and, and, you know, voice stress analyzers, polygraphs, um, those can be useful. And when the American military and government does it on us for our security clearances, um, they're like, yes, no's like, um, are you an agent for a, for a foreign entity? No. You know, do you have any business relationships with Russian agents? No, like real easy, but we also have baselines where they know, and that's, that's like developed over time. Mm -hmm. So it's not in the field or it's, Baselines meaning like your biometrics that they know mm -hmm. who you are and like he's always at a 70 for some reason is that at 82 yeah. heartbeats per minute like yeah. that's weird. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. And in like high stress situations with enhanced uh, interrogation. Yeah, yeah. they call then, it like bit or TQ bit is battlefield interrogation techniques or TQ is tactical questioning and in in like an initial like if I first get a bad guy there there are more relaxed rules initially during the initial time that we take this person in to ask really relevant, important questions about saving and protecting people's lives. Like specifically, are there any current operations that are targeting, um, you know, Americans or their allies in this region? You know, like that line of questioning. Um, and it's, it's intense initially. Hmm. Back to the giving your address out on Fox News. Yeah. <laughs> did uh, did, did nothing came of it? Now they're cowards. <laughs> just flat out, they're cowards. You like the Taliban just started reimposing Sharia law in in Afghanistan. You know, like girls, like they're chopping off people's hands. Yeah. You know, what's happening in Iran? That the, all the protesters are getting <gasps> murdered. Fourteen thousand people are getting murdered. Is that true? Yeah. Because. Yeah. So a beautiful, I mean, what, what a courageous moment of this young, beautiful girl took off her headscarf and, um, she was walking towards this paramilitary line with her headscarf off, um, in a, in an act of defiance. And that was the last video that anybody ever saw of her because when they captured her, then they beat her, tortured her to death. That sparked this initial um, I wish I could say revolution, but it's not. But it was like this big protest in support of this first girl. I can't even pronounce her name um, that was tortured and murdered for not wearing a headscarf. Mm -hmm. So then everybody started doing it. And then what did the Iran Iranian government start doing? All of the people that then were along with this protest, they're like, cool, we'll just take you and you and you and you and you and they just kill you. There's like 14,000 people that are I don't like, know the number, but it's it's a crazy, absolutely unimaginable number. And they're like young people that just want to live. Jesus. Yeah. Fuck those guys. That's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck those guys. And it's Cedar Crush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Different assholes, but <clears throat> still assholes nonetheless. Yeah. It, it, it's insane. Um, Can we just like get along? Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, why can't we? Assholes. Is There's always these outliers, you know? Like, is it like religion? Religion plays, a, but like religion does great, beautiful things. Yeah. You know, um, like, the, like the, the fringe ideas. I'm, I'm in Eastern Europe a lot right now, and I was, you know, in Afghanistan during the fall of Afghanistan, and the number of religious 
nonprofits that were helping the Ukrainians, helping orphans, um, sending in humanitarian aid to the front lines, medical aid, you know, the Samaritan Purse, and then Afghanistan, you know, like the the Argo Airlift and Glenn Beck. Like, I know it's so, so, what an easy dude to throw darts at. That guy spent tens of millions of dollars helping evacuate people out of Afghanistan that were going to be tortured by the Taliban. You know, so like... Hmm. You got the Mother Teresa on one end of the spectrum, you know, and then you have priests molesting kids, yeah. you know, and like if right. we're going to throw that all under underneath religion, right. then that kind of sucks. But yeah, in, in everything in human nature is that spectrum of like greatness to absolute douchebags. Yeah. So hmm. I'm sure religion, but also just human humans. Yeah, humans. So, so when you say that you're in Eastern Europe a lot, like yeah. uh, that's related to the Ukraine conflict. Yeah, yeah, I got back like five days ago. God, and and uh, it went straight to honey. Some someone, Jesus. someone was saying that the Ukraine war is like the longest running, like something like since World War Two, like. It's older than that. Um, the the people that built Moscow are were from Kiev, right? But the, uh, the just this this one war, what, like conflict? it's, it's uh, the, this conflict. Well, didn't Vietnam is, go for like twenty something years? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like I, I don't know, I forget what the metrics were, but like it's like we don't we don't appreciate in America like the gravity the the extent of, of this conflict yeah. in Ukraine. We, Ukrainians started training in resistance um, a generation ago. They started teaching kids as young as eight years old. And we, we, it was really easy for propaganda-wise the Russians to label you know fascists and Nazis because of the things that they saw in schools. And what we saw in schools was the Ukrainians training their young men how to prepare to fight. And a lot of those things out of context look very like authoritarian and very fascist and like the worst enemy of a communist is a fascist and the ukrainian government was training their young men to prepare for exactly what happened which was a russian invasion across an internationally recognized sovereign border and uh mass murder war crimes of like absolute genocide they're trying to erase a race right now and Everything that we're seeing in the news about how the Russian troops are just like pussies and and you know like well like their like bombs loot, weren't exploding they're, and they're, like they're abandoning all their stuff they're like just losing retreating is that like, the media spinning it in the a little bit I mean they, they're a third world country with nukes Russia is uh -huh. you know the, these Russian troops um, were in bad health you know like bad dental health bad vision bath skin old equipment you know seeing them firsthand you're like good right. you're a soldier especially like seeing american soldiers that have like right. great equipment you know and they're healthy and they take physical tests you know and every year they have dental and vision you're like all of our soldiers are very like the vast majority are very very healthy and then you go over there like what the heck is, what is wrong with you yeah um yeah. but it's a number game the Russians can throw bodies at this problem for forever. Uh -huh. And um, it's also a way for them to get rid of certain populations within Russia that they want to kill. 
So that's where, where their draft comes in? Yeah, that's right. The conscripts are the poor um, ethnically groups that they don't care about. So, so they, they'll, um, like, design the draft to bring in ethnicities? That's right. Wow. Hmm. That's, Not like a little bit. Like, that's 100% correct. Wow. Yeah. So that's... Uh, Communism, bro. It's bad. It's, it's not really, really, really bad until you get to see what it's really like and how bad it is. Where there's somebody that's like, all right, we're going to take 300 conscripts and I'm going to handpick the groups and ethnicities that these people are coming from. Yeah. Wow. Now... Welcome it, to the party. And in, in, uh, like, if we look at America on the other side... Um, I, I think one, one could argue that there are certain changes that really, really need to be made. Safe to say I'm pretty passionate about this point I'm making right here because change does need to be made. And the first change that I'd like to see made is no more plastic polluting the environment. I mean, for God's sakes, what's that plastic mountain in the middle of the ocean the size of now? Africa? For God's sakes, we've got to bring an end to plastic, and there's one company leading the charge. That company is called Liquid Death. I am an ambassador for Liquid Death because I believe in what they're doing. I believe in drinking a lot of water, not soda. And I believe in their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans, which, again, it's just water, but man, does it look like a beer. And that is just a lot of fun, man. I'm buddies with the CEO of Liquid Death, and he's tickled every time he hears from a principal or a teacher, hey, you, your, your child came into class drinking beer. He's like, yeah, dude, don't be scared. It's just water. And don't be scared of infinitely recyclable aluminum because it's way better for the world than plastic. So... Dude, plus this mango chainsaw is my favorite of the killer new flavors. And if you order from liquiddeath.com slash stevo, you get free shipping on all of your water and your merchandise. And their merchandise is equally hilarious, by the way. Plus, water is pretty heavy. So they're going to pay for free shipping for you to order their killer water and be saving the world? <laughs> For the love of God, dive onto this deal right now by going to liquiddeath.com slash Stevo for all this killer beer-looking water that's super good for you and super good for the environment. Free shipping on everything. Liquiddeath.com slash Stevo. Now, let's talk about changing the world some more. But those changes... Flat tax. Right, like, but, but, no? but, okay, ten percent. <laughs> oh, that's perfect across the board. I love right? it. There's, there, there's a lot of changes I think we could agree need to be made, but they'll never be made because they're inconvenient to the American, you know, the, the American politician. Yeah, well, nobody's gonna vote for somebody who's gonna do what needs to be done. Yeah. What do you want to see done? Like I'm, universal health care. How about like a universal basic income? Maybe, maybe that wouldn't make sense. Like, uh, 
you know, who, who knows? And, and, you know, with, uh, the, like, all the, the fossil, the, the environment, you know, like, it, it, it's fucking nuts. It's yeah. fucking nuts. And, and if we're going to, like, not destroy the world, then we need to make some pretty radical changes. Yeah, I, I do think we need radical changes. But, but the first radical change is a society, cultural one, where people can sit here and talk about things that they disagree with. I'm fairly confident that you and I would disagree on a lot of topics. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that we could sit here like civilized people sure. and talk through them. Yeah. Maybe we agree. Maybe we don't agree. But we would definitely find a middle ground where if there was ever going to be a compromise on either part, it would happen between two rational people having a goddamn conversation, which evidently is impossible. Well, yeah. Well, if I, I, I wouldn't assassinate your character. If I didn't agree. Do it, you're a bigot. Whatever you're about to say, go on. Exactly. Yeah, you're a that's racist. What, that's what happens. Yeah, just like immediately. Like, no, man, just take a breath yeah. and listen to this person. And listening takes a degree of empathy and sympathy for me to like try to like look at the shoes and see if I could walk a mile in your shoes while you're talking. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, then I'll respond. But yeah. that's gone. I don't know. It's coming back. Is it? Pendulum doth swings back. Okay. I, I just, think. I can't open like, what are all the dumb, dumb like, truth, social media or parlor or Twitter or all of them are just like crazy people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think social media is a really big problem too. For sure. <clears throat> big time. Wait, doesn't it incentivize people to like talk negatively? Mm-hmm. Well, does. yeah. I mean, dude, like you, you ever, you ever have somebody talk shit on like one of your, and then you see that person in real life. Has that ever happened to you? It has happened one time. Um, cause I actually don't read any of my comments. I was on, um, Lance Armstrong, uh, another Texan. Great man. You should do a podcast with him. He's brilliant, super successful entrepreneur and investor in addition to like being one of the greatest athletes in our time. Um, and I was on his podcast and obviously I'm a freedom forward person, which would include guns. And, uh, Lance has never shot a gun before. And he's like, he, he and his audience are on the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to like second amendment stuff. And like, I love all of them. Like I'm a constitutionalist totally. And in our conversation, I compromised language and said, you know, he's like, are you for any forms of, of gun control? And I was like, well, all gun laws are a form of gun control and there are good gun laws. So could gun, could gun control be a solution? Absolutely. That one sentence of Tim Kennedy saying that gun control is a solution. Every single conservative on the planet was like, Tim Kennedy's a red coat. You know, he's a FUD. He's a complete traitor. You know, I was like, and I was just agreeing with somebody that doesn't speak the same language as me to like, and gun laws are a form of gun control, and we have great gun laws. If you have a restraining order, you can't go buy a gun. You know, if you're a felon, you can't go go buy a gun. If you're addicted to some pretty nasty drugs, mm-hmm. you can't go buy a gun. If you've been dishonorably discharged, you can't go buy a gun. Yeah. If you've been uh, in a psychiatric ward in the last five years, or yeah, I just bought a lever action, and I oh cool I, great. I, I, I ended up buying a bunch of I like lever action. Yeah, they're fun. Went Winchester and. Um, Forty-five seventy. Those are heavy to shoot, but uh, yeah, the, the the amount of questions they ask you. But is that state by state? Do they change? Nope, that's federal. So so those same questions that I get asked in California, the same everywhere. That's right. A blanket statement yep. across the. Yeah. What percentage of, uh, it's some crazy percentage of um, like gun deaths are people with their own gun. Oh, so, oh, it's almost everyone. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then the remaining little bit are um, bad guys yeah. using guns against other bad guys. 
right. like the the number of of gun deaths <laughs> against like you know um like the gun being used the way it was intended like active, to be used. Yeah, yeah. so rare. I mean, yeah. like a, a diamond. Um, it's wild. To, to fin- finish that Lance Armstrong story, a newspaper journalist wrote this big thing about how I was a traitor and, and then posted a whole bunch of stuff online. And then I saw him in person. It was like, oh, you, you know, Mr. Kennedy, I was just... I was like, pause with the Mr. Kennedy thing. You know, you called me a traitor. You know, I've been in the military for 18 years, you know, like, and and now you're already like recantering and and scooching back. Like, I can pull your article out here. You literally called me a traitor to this country. And, uh, you know, you want to talk about these? No, you know, like, I I think it was just a misunderstanding. I was like, it wasn't. You wrote it in black and white. And he just could not be more of a coward. And that's how they all are. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. That's the, that's the last... We got introduced to you as uh, when when Rogan American uh, as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Joe. Yeah. Yes. He says uh, American as fuck. Meet Tim Kennedy. He's American as fuck. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm loving Joe and Joe more being in Texas. I I, I can see that. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. He's 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 he's. he's, he's, he's what it was, I don't know if it I was... don't know that Joe being in Texas changes Joe in any way, even slightly. Um, I think Joe is just very much Joe. Yeah. And uh, it, it, how great for you. You live what in Austin. He, yeah. He comes to... How often do you guys meet up? Not often enough. That guy is so flying all over the world, whether it's UFC or another show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. Do you miss fighting? Not a bit. Not a bit. No. What, you were fighting at 185? Yeah. Well, he fought welterweight and middleweight and light heavyweight. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, wow. For That's... all of your brain damage, it's it's impressive. <laughs> yeah, there's, impressive a clip, to... there's a clip going on around you uh, uh, on TikTok where you're like backstage, is it Yoel Romero? Where you're uh, like, dude, yeah. if you're standing, you're ready to go. Or... Yep. Yeah, the um, it was a title elimination fight. Michael Bisbing was the champion, and I just beat the brakes off of him. And... Yoel, Yoel Romero and myself were the two clear contenders for who's going to fight for the next championship. And um, we fought each other. I knocked him out in the end of the second round. And then the bell rings and he doesn't answer the bell. And um, and it's real clear rules of the athletic commission. You have 10 seconds to answer the bell. If you don't, it's a forfeit. So 10 seconds goes by, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30. And he's just not coming out. And uh, so like, I start celebrating mouthpieces out. I'm pointing at Danny White, you know, like, hey, you're paying me and like, give me my title fight. I'm pointing at my wife, you know, like, wear those red panties, you know, like, it's going to be a great <laughs> night, you know, just totally celebrating. And um, and for whatever reason, the, the ref lets the fight then commence, um, a, you know, a minute and 40 something seconds later, and I get just obliterated. And, All the uh, adrenaline was out of yep, you. You're ready. Yep, I'm partying mode. Jesus. And he, the whole time, you know, he's he's sitting there on the stool, just dead focused on me, trying to get back in the fight. And the whole time, I'm just leaving the fight. And uh, so that after Yoel comes up and starts apologizing to me in the back, and I was like, you know the rules. You know that you cheated. You know, don't come back here and, and try to placate a, a, another coward. And, uh, like, <laughs> you know exactly what you did. Yeah. And... Uh, it's fine. You cheated and you got away with it, but don't come back here and talk to me about it. Right. That's that. That was that video. Man, he's like, you're just so un-American. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he is un-American. He's Cuban. 
Yeah. No, um, you're saying that to Tim. Right. <laughs> um, it was a joke that didn't hit well. Do you, uh, you watch the UFC all the time? No, no, no. I have a few teammates and friends that still fight, but... Um, as you know, because I've been retired now three years, four years, um, fewer and fewer of my f- former teammates or friends are still fighting. Um, Cowboy just retired, you know. Yeah. Um, John Jones is coming back. You know, he's a former teammate. He's going to yeah, be moving Jackson up. Wink. Yeah, he's going to be moving up to heavyweight. So I can all watch him fight. Yeah. But uh, like, I don't watch to fight. So you trained in Albuquerque. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you're from LA. I'm from Central California. Like oh, San, San Luis Obispo. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And Chuck Liddell got you into fighting? He did. Yeah. He he showed up and and just mopped the floor with my face. And I, and I was the big fish in a little pond. And then a very talented fish came in here and just humiliated this little fish. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what you're doing, but I want to go do it. And that was with John Hackleman and Glover Teixeira and Gan McGee and Cruz. It was just like the who's who of fighting in the day were all like there in San Luis Obispo. Crazy that Glover Teixeira is still going. So cool. Yeah. He's about to fight for the title again. He's yep. 43? 44. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, what makes him different? Because he's like crushing it right now. Yeah, he had a long spell in the middle of his career where he didn't fight because he couldn't. He had a permit problem. So he, we'll say he's a late bloomer, but even though he started training very young, I trained with him with he was a purple belt. And, uh, but while he was waiting for visas, there was like a five, six year time period where his body just didn't get that damage where he was just waiting. Yeah. So, yeah. Man. Man. Stylistically also he's, he's now taking damage, but for the, you know, the past eight years, he was a hard person to hurt. You know, he, he wouldn't stand in the pocket because people didn't want to stand in the pocket because he hit so hard. And then, you know, he's a grappler heavy guy. So yeah. he just, he didn't get a lot of damage, mm-hmm. which, which adds to the longevity of a career. You know, a guy that, that, uh, will just, you know, go toe to toe and bang short careers. Yeah. Right. I he, was there in the apex, uh, Glover against Tiago Santos. Whoa. Yeah, that he he was he was hurt and came back and man, I just love it, man. I'm I'm, I'm like I, I watch all of it. Yeah, the uh, I wanted to watch this last fight, but uh, I was overseas, so I missed it. Yeah, so I uh, so you're you're you took the picture with uh, were they deer in your in your truck? Yeah. And uh, like like that was you took it and just texted it to me like that was that moment. Yep, that was it. Just like, You're like yeah, <laughs> it just finished. Got a that's, uh, that's that's gonna be one of those is gonna be about three hundred pounds of meat. Wow, and that'll feed you for like two weeks. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, f- yeah, family um, for like a year for a family of four. Yeah, yeah, every bit of a year. How much does that deer cost you to to, to shoot and fillet up? So here, here's wild. It was on this big, huge ranch down in Southwest Texas, and um, this ranch has cattle on it. And the cattle, because it's dry, each cattle you you calculate how many acres per head of cattle do you need to have for that cattle to have enough food. But then you have a big, huge animal like an elk 
that comes in and eats the grass, you have less grass. Well, the elk also have huge horns. When they go to get into the water trough, it breaks the water trough. When they go to hop a fence, which they can do because they're not a cow, they break the fence and the cows can get out. So the ranch, the ranchers don't want these elk on their property because it's not good for them to have cattle. So, but there's a lot of us that think that's the most delicious meat on the planet and we love elk. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I pay the rancher access to his property. There's no public land really in Texas, like Colorado or Idaho or, you know, like there, yeah. there's, I'm not asking the government permission to go on. I'm asking a private ranch owner if it's okay for me to go onto his property to shoot something. And then I pay the rancher whatever I shot. So if you're going to shoot like a cow, you know, you have to, well, a female elk, you have to, make sure that you know it doesn't have a calf with it like it's not raising a little one right if i'm going to shoot a a coal which is like a genetic male that's not good so we want like nice normal healthy herds but maybe this one has like a spike for its for its horn and then like a regular antler over here but elk fight so when he goes to fight another elk he's going to stab him right and so like we want to get rid of that because that's a bad gene that is bad for the genetics of or maybe they have like a busted leg or like a disease that's a coal animal and each of those things are different prices and then a trophy even though that's a bad word for you me paying that rancher to shoot a big beautiful one that we have like genetically shaped because we've gotten rid of the bad ones. We've gotten rid of the bad little girls and we've gotten rid of like the busted up dudes. Now we're going to have a big, beautiful elk. I'm going to pay that rancher the most for this big, beautiful elk, which would call a trophy. And, um, and I'm just paying the rancher one access and then two for the animal off of his property. So in that case, you're going to eat everything, right? You're going to eat the trophy. So it's not like you eat the heart and just paint the blood on your face like a savage. So the problem, um, I'm a real, I love my father and I'm going to try to, you're, when you were born in the late seventies, 74, my man. So (laughs) like growing up in the eighties, um, different thing. Uh, if I had wounded an animal with my dad, it would be a bad day. Um, so when I shoot an animal now, uh, I double punch lungs and, and pretty much their heart explodes because mm-hmm. the bullet goes like, it goes through this right yeah. here. It comes out here. So they have no lungs. They have no heart. So they're just like walking, eating grass and like looking over at the other female elk. Like, Hey, what's up? And then they're, and then it's darkness. It's just like, it's that. So like, was that a bee sting? And then they're dead. So there's no like ritual you do like nah. you don't say a prayer before you shoot it or anything no. like that. I appreciate them. Like uh, I had my son, my seven year old son, with me, and when we walked up, you know, like it's still hot, you know, and put, you put your hand on it, you know, and it's like, man, thank you for your life. I yeah, value cool. you, you know, and you know, it's like I appreciate its life, and um, he's gonna give nutrients to my family in his death. It's but, great. Yeah, but I'm not like on my knees, like you know, putting blood <laughs> in there. <It's> like, <laughs> Yeah. Fucking Gomer Pyle at the you know. yeah. yeah. Um, with your relation to law enforcement, like how like uh, you got nothing to do with with cops. You're military, and that's totally no. I have different. a lot to do with cops. Okay, yeah. you, you train them. Wait, I do train them, and my my brother and my dad are lifetime law enforcement uh-huh. um and in some of the areas that i work i work alongside of law enforcement 
counter human trafficking, okay. you know, counter drug. Um, here in Texas, we've had a real problem with the border. Right. And, uh, and th- there's a military response. There is a law enforcement response. There's even a civilian humanitarian, because I mean, it is a humanitarian crisis when you're down the border. So right. there's a lot of layers of... Is it scary how... Uh, few people want to be cops now yeah it's bad like how like many people are ceasing to be cops this is a byproduct of society though right right like we've demonized them we right. have, uh we've called them murderers and um and i will be the first when when because that person is in a position of authority they have to be held at a higher standard Right. Like I'm going to expect that person to be more moral, to be more ethical, to have more integrity. Right. And when they don't, we, we hammer them because the, like everybody needs to know that that person in that position of authority is there to protect and serve the community that is there, that is, you know, that is theirs. And, um, but what has happened of late is we have with a very broad brush painted all of them as criminals, you know, like. All of them are the guy with the knee on the back of George Floyd. You know, all of them are the racist. All of them are the blah, insert, all of them are the bigot. And now we don't have enough of them. And now crime is out of control. Dude, it's it's gnarly. Like with the, now like carjackings are so the norm. Yeah. Like Hmm. home invasion. In, where was it, Chicago? You got like fucking gun battles going on and yeah. they're just like oh it was mutual combat yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're in america and yeah. we're like calling mutual combat in a, in a in a suburb of chicago right it's yeah friendly fire yeah. It, it, it 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 was uh it was a fair fight it was a clean fight <laughs> <laughs> there's gunfight but whatever yeah what the heck i mean like it's getting really scary and uh I, i'm personally very uncomfortable with the way that police have been demonized yeah um when they do something wrong you have to hold them to the standard but we also have to recognize that these outliers these these rare instances are just that rare instances when you look at law enforcement as a whole they're incredible servants selfless servants that are like they're not there for a paycheck because they don't make enough money right they, they care about that. There's something in them that they want to protect their communities, you know, like heaven forbid the Valde shooting thing ever happens again. But if it does, those people that were like fighting to get in those doors to go to get those kids, like the, the, the border patrol officers that climbed through windows, that's the heart of a protector. Yeah. You know? And God, and God bless them. Yeah, I, we need more I, uh, of them. Well, is that what's going to happen? Then it's like, well, we don't have enough military. Uh, we don't have enough cops. So let's send the military in here. Well, we and still the military this... did such a good job. Let's send more. Yeah, and more. But there is this thing in the Constitution that prohibits directly American soldiers operating within the, the American border. So you have Texas National. You have a National Guard, yeah. which are state assets, which are not federal soldiers. So in the instances that you've seen soldiers like currently on the Texas border, those are Texas National Guardsmen that oh. work for the state. There's So you wouldn't have the Army come in? No. Or Navy or no. Coast Guard? No, never. Hmm. Nope. Not unless you have ships coming up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From North Korea. Yeah. 
Are we seeing in the military any similar dynamic as we're seeing with uh, police? Yeah. That, that there's not enough, that yeah. pe people don't want to do it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a, like... It, it, Are other countries doing that too? Is it like that? Yeah. Like everybody doesn't want to join the military in Russia and... Well, I guess you don't have a choice yeah, in yeah. some countries. R Russia and China, North Korea, you, you can't take into the pool of... Oh, you're 18? Sick. Yeah. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're poor? Awesome. Uh -huh. Cool. Yeah. The, uh, the benefits that you get for joining the military are very real, right? Dude, amazing. Education, amazing. Like, three hots in a cot. Yeah. No, that's jail. <laughs> <laughs> it's not jail. We're talking about positive things here. Yeah. Dude, my girls are going to college for free. Because I went to war and I got the Montgomery GI Bill. Um, so, wow. yeah, my daughters are going to college for free. They get paid like a salary to go to school and all their tuition is paid for. Um, they paid off my, um, so like when I joined, I whatever school debt I had, they paid off. You know, like you talk about real student loan repayment program. How about you go do some goddamn work for it? Like I go. fucking did because yeah. I went and fought for my country. You're like you can go do that. Anybody can do that. So That's if, available for anybody. So if I had like $90,000 in college debt and I go join the military, they'll pay it off fixed. Fuck. You know, and you get to do something rad. Yeah, go fly see the freaking world. helicopters. Yeah, like, do you know how many like I have no idea how many countries I've been to in the military. Yeah. You know, like amazing dental. Look at these teeth. Not you know, bad. when uh, I, I have a beautiful family that I'm so proud of, uh, my copay for my last daughter to be born was like three dollars. <laughs> yeah, and a fucking elk tenderloin. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a rad like battle axe put over her crib that my wife took down. It's now in my office. She wouldn't let me hang it over her crib. Yeah, it was right before you gave out your address. Yeah, <laughs> that, that poor woman. <laughs> She is amazing. How long you been married? 18 years. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Almost. I'm I'm rounding up. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, she's you know, amazing. You don't want to, good good to clarify right? that. <laughs> you don't you don't want to get that wrong. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, dude. Do we have to go to the airport? We, we should go to the airport. Lame. Man. I want you guys to stay in Texas. We'll come it's, back uh, out. Okay, this weekend, um, I'm teaching a precision rifle course. It's like teaching people how to shoot things yeah, really, I, really far away. I, how many businesses do you own? Uh, full, like me fully? Eight. But I own like a bunch of little bits of other companies too. On it? You, you own part of On nope, It? Nope, nope. Oh, no. Nope. No, Live Relentless, which is this, a supplement line, a competitor of On It. Okay. Um, the uh, I worked for On It and, and marketed for On It, okay. and it was a sponsored athlete when I was fighting for On It. Right, L still love On It, like great stuff, great people. Yeah. Um, but when they 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 got bought, and right. um, like the the OG <laughs> crew of the founders like got replaced, like which always happens. So I was like, peace out, go do my but, own uh, thing. But but with with your eight businesses and your pieces of other businesses, like you're just straight killing it. Yeah, life is so good. Life is like really, really. I have, I get to have, like, a positive impact to my community, to my tribe that we're talking about. You know, like mm -hmm. right. being able to, like, my neighbors are going to get coolers full of elk, elk. and bison for Christmas. So, so I said, you know, deer. Like, I want to go. <laughs> really on cool. the, when, when I said that in the in the photo, you said deer, but deer is not elk. Deer, deer is not elk. So no. it was elk. Deer is fine. We are we're in the middle of rifle deer season right now. Okay. But um, those are it would take, it would take, ten to twelve deer, 
to, to equal the amount, the amount of, of meat, meat that came off of my one elk. Right. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, so family's great, business is great. Killing it. And uh, military's great. Yeah, it's, um, you know, like I enlisted under Bush and uh, went to war two times with Bush, um, then to President Obama, and then to President Trump and to President Biden. So like I've worked for a variety of different administrations right. and uh, there's highs and lows in all of it. But like the, the thing that I love the most is the work that we do. Um, and I think it's, it's something that is very rarely talked about is how much good the, the American military does overseas. Um, humanitarian aid in Ukraine, uh, building schools in Africa, you know, like building wells in Africa, right. like the, uh, and not because there's some strategic net, necessity or that we need to be the policers or anything or, or even that we own owe anyone anything it's just like we're americans and we can do cool things for people because we're the greatest country that's ever existed so if you're in a bad way we'll like run up beaches and climb cliffs and maybe drop a nuclear bomb on you if you're an asshole mm-hmm. um but you know like if you need help we'll be there we'll pay for your college yeah yeah that's yeah. cool it I is mean, cool. Fuck, dude that's a, I, I didn't realize that and maybe a lot of people listening might yeah. Student, the student loan repayment program like that. So you, you enlist, you have to you know, get through basic training, finish your AIT, get to your unit, get and, healthy. You got to do push-ups and sit-ups yeah. and all of a sudden your shit's paid yeah, for. Check three blocks. Cool. Your school's paid for, you know, and then like they pay it off in phases of, of how long you're in. So like if you're in for four years, you actually have to, at the end of your four years, they're like, they'll write that last check. Hmm. It's pretty cool. I mean, some people yeah. go through their whole life without even paying their college off. I don't understand that. One, why would like? And what? they don't even finish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's it. I mean, we could talk about that for years. But yeah, yeah. Well, go damn, do I'm, something I'm, that makes you happy. Yeah, first and foremost. Yeah, we were really excited about seeing you. Dude, we, I, we came out yeah, to Austin. Really. We were like, dude, let's hit up Tim Kennedy. I haven't sure. slept yet. So I, I literally I got back from Eastern Europe Man. and then I went to hunt and I hunted straight for three days. You texted me as I was driving back from Southwest Texas. 40, 50 miles from Mexico. And um, if you can see on my face, like I am going to go to sleep right now. You look great. And I'm going to yeah, sleep for a while. I, I think you look great. I'm super stoked. You're killing it. I love seeing you. And Dude, I love you, seeing man. you. Anything I can ever do for you guys, you, you call me. Dad, you're the best, yeah. man. Apocalypse <laughs> happens, come here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Facial recognition software at your house. Just remember us. You have that. <laughs> Dude, was that fascinating or what, man? I love that guy. And I love Wee Man, too. We've got this pro model skateboard with both of us on it, and we're doing battle. We're just balls deep in trying to figure out who can come up with the most awesome skateboarding footage. And dude, I came up with this idea. I was like, what's a a silly relatable thing? And I thought about skip roping. I'm like, what if I like, have a skip rope, but I'm riding a skateboard and I'm ollieing through the skip rope. I didn't even know if it was possible. I, I had no clue. And, and honestly, I, I fell pretty hard a couple times trying it. But dude, I ended up whoppa, 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 like five skip rope jumps in a row. It was like ollie rope. I, you know what, Paul? If I can check it on here. 